Nice work, Bone Daddy. What? I'm only an elected official. I can't make decisions by myself. Are you trying to make a dupe out of me? It's the Nightmare Before Christmas. What's this? What's this? The center cut is here. I am Michael Skellington. And I'm a large-breasted emo man, Dave. And today we have our pal and podcast-adjacent artsy-fartsy person, Cindy, to help us. Hi, Cindy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What was that? What a great we'll get, we'll get into it later. <laughs> Cindy, you don't have a show or stand-up career that you're hawking, and you've closed down your sticker shop that you had for most of our run, but is there anything you want people to know about you while you're here today? Uh, I'm incredible, first of all. Credible or incredible? Both. Let's, okay. let's say both. I have a great husband, a great child. My life is cool, <laughs> and I'm glad I'm here. That's it. That's me. Do you have anything else that people should buy from you? I sell secondhand clothes that I buy very, very cheaply and sell very, very expensively. Some people think that that Perfect, is smart. Buy low, sell high. Smart. Awful. I think it's awesome. They can find me on Poshmark and Mercari at Adore Source Rex. I'm not going to spell it. If they want to find me, they'll do it themselves. Okay. Do you have an Instagram page with your art? I do. It is um, at Quick Doodle. McGroodle, which is a play on Quick Draw McGraw, who was a cartoon character from a super long time ago. But I'm old and no one knows who that is. So I just seem really, really creative. I like it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pull everything out of you. I'm going to pull everything out of you. Gross. That's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> David, before we before we hammer Cindy with more questions, what exactly oh, are we doing God, here today? The word choices. Today, we watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of The Nightmare Before Christmas. We will recap those ends, and then Cindy has some questions for us about what happened in the middle, and we are going to see who wins, and I am feeling better about this one than the last one. So you better watch your shit. Cindy, I know we mutually agreed upon this film due to the impending holiday, but... Mm. You have some history with this thing, yeah? Yeah, I mean, as the big fat former goth girl, like that's my job, right? Is to to have loved The Nightmare Before Christmas as a child. It's just one of those things that like, you know, I was wearing the black mascara and thinking life was terrible because I was 14 and, you know. Listening to My Chemical Romance. I'm a little too old for My Chemical Romance days, right, so thank you for that. a Pumpkins girl. I was a Smashing Pumpkins girl, for sure. Okay, there you go. So, you know, it's just like one of those things, like I hopped on the train and I loved it. And, uh, you know, truth be told, I watched it uh, for you guys and it was terrible. But <laughs> but I did ha still have a sentimental place in my heart. So I was glad to do it. My daughter loves it. Lucy likes it a lot. Perfect. So The Nightmare Before Christmas, or I'm sorry, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Is that yeah. the true title? Yeah. yeah, to put more butts in theater seats. It's a stop motion film, and it was released just before Halloween in 1993. The story was based on a poem by Tim Burton that he had been working on for more than 10 years, but was directed by Henry Selleck, not Tim Burton. It stars the voices Chris Sarandon for the speaking parts and Danny Elfman for the singing parts of Jack Skellington and a bebe Catherine O'Hara as Sally, among others. It's 
partly well known for its score, which was also Danny Elfman. And it did decent in the box office, but really took off afterward, becoming a cult classic among Legoths. Uh, it rocks at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, and most people listening are like, how in the three fucks have you never seen this movie? Just get on with it. So uh, I think that's what we'll do, David. Fine. <laughs> I mean, one thing I will say before we get too far into it is like, from an artistic standpoint, stop motion is insane. Awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's re- very cool. Like the amount of time and effort that goes into it and how it like ends up looking like a movie, but it's a bunch of dolls that we're taking a million pictures of is pretty outrageous. Agreed. It's like also for its time, it was super advanced, right? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be that person. But like 1993, what else is happening like that in 1993? Nothing. Wayne's Nothing. World. Wayne's World yep. wasn't stop motion. I'm telling you right now that Mike Myers is a a claymation doll, and I never knew it. I wouldn't be surprised. That's all I'll say is I wouldn't be surprised. That's fair. Moving on. All right. Back to the Nightmare Before Christmas. Let's get to it. We open to a narrator introducing the story as a a camera kind of pans around a circle of trees in a forest. Each tree in this circle that we're panning around has a door that represents a different holiday. So you have your Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, all all those good ones. But we do stop on a Halloween tree and a large jack-o'-lantern with a nose that is a door handle opens up and the camera kind of heads inside. When does this take place? Like 900 AD? It's a serious question. Like what? When is this supposed to be? I mean, there's like modern homes. But this area with the trees. I think it's like I don't I think it's timeless. I mean, are you like thinking? Are land. you thinking that it's from the past because there's trees? <laughs> <laughs> well, the narrator's talking about like the creation of the holidays, like doing like a a long, long time ago style intro. Like, okay, well, here's my other question: If you go into these worlds via tree door, mm-hmm. then how the hell does Jack come here later? This is the question. Right? Are they like mini wormholes that bring you in one direction, just like very, very far away? But then you can also just you could also still just walk to them, too. I'm very concerned. It's infuriating, to be perfectly honest. OK, so it's not really explained. No, never. Right. I wish it was. I wish I had better answers for you. But I think they're all inside of a child's brain and okay. all the different directions are just different parts of a child's brain. That are connected I am that child by, it's me. by the nerves that are the tree wormholes. Tree wormholes. Okay, but to but to answer my question, logistically, it has to mm-hmm. just like shoot you very far away. It's like a shortcut. If you go in the tree, it's like a shortcut to the other end, but you could also walk to the other end. Yeah, I hate that he gets to that circle and there's a door to Halloween Town. I hate it every time. I hated it before. I hate it more now. I hate it. Same page. Thank you. All right. Move forth, David. Cool. We do get introduced to Halloween Town as we enter the tree. It's all about how fun it is to be scary. We get our first song titled This is Halloween. And this is Halloween. Thank you. It's basically just introducing <laughs> kind of the characters in this town. And they're all very excited because Halloween has just ended. I guess we meet a few key people that, I'll, that are worth mentioning. We meet the mayor, a dude with two faces. We meet Sally. She's like a Frankenstein-style love interest for Jack. Mm -hmm. We meet Oogie Boogie, who is a fat gambling potato sack. (laughs) We meet a wheelchair-ridden doctor, who is apparently Sally's handler. Dr. Finkelstein. Dr. Finkelstein is his name, apparently. Which is like, of course it is. And then we meet Jack, the Pumpkin King. There's some lyrics here I want to talk about in this song. Okay, let's get into it. 
So there's some witches and they sing, take a chance and roll the dice. I don't remember what it was sung like, but I just wrote down the lyrics. It sounded exactly like that. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Good job. It's a total like a uh, harbinger for later with Oogie Boogie, because that's what he oh does God. is take chances and roll dice. And more importantly, so you think this song, parts of this song are foreshadowing? Yes. <laughs> you think this song is so in-depth for the later that is foreshadowing what happens later? Yeah, 100%. But more importantly, the take a chance and roll the dice, it reminds me of that horrible, horrible, horrible Foxwoods commercial from the early 2000s. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Has that no. stupid chance? Like, take a chance and make it happen. You don't know that one? I, know I that do song. now. Meet I'm glad that you Foxwoods. sang it because I, I had forgotten it from my memory. So yeah. Thanks. Anyway, now it's, now it's in there again. So well, that's you. what it reminded me of. Wait, before they say take a chance and roll the dice, I think it's important to note that they also say, say it once, say it twice. So I think that that means that if anybody says um, the same word twice in the movie, also foreshadowing, probably, right? Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. not. Oh. Get out. Uh, <laughs> there's also a line about tender lumplings everywhere. What yep. are we talking about here with those? Is that like is that like tumors? Mm. Probably. They're pretty scary. I think I always thought it was children, but now that we're referring to them as tender, I feel like that's concerning. So you think a child is a lumpling? Yeah. Okay. Little kids are like little kind of like lumpy. If you consider tender in like the sense of the word like caring rather than a steak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know why I automatically thought it was like distressing. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well, there's tender lumplings everywhere. Everywhere there's tender lumplings. Yeah, there's tender lumplings everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Naming my next child tender lumpling. <laughs> All right. Are you done with the song now, Michael? For now, yeah. So at the towards the end of the song, we do meet Jack, and I just want to talk quickly about how we meet him because it's actually pretty badass. He's a scarecrow. He lights himself on fire. He's on a, a horse. He jumps off of the horse on fire as a scarecrow with a pumpkin head into a fountain in the middle of town and then slowly arises from it like a fancy, fancy swimmer boy. And it's so fantastic. It's majestic, I think. If I could enter every room like that, I would. I, I don't like their shapes. <laughs> I don't like their shapes. They're all so off-putting. That's the whole point. All of their shapes are so off-putting. Yeah. Easter is literally... Easter. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Easter is about being scared of Jesus. No. (laughs) Halloween is about being off-put all the time. Like, that's the whole Uh, point of Halloween. I don't like them, though. I don't want to... But I get... You know what? I honestly... I think this is why goth kids love this shit. Have you ever met a normal-shaped goth? That's like an oxymoron. No, that's fair. They are all tender lumplings. Yeah, it's not. And I'm not <laughs> saying like all goths are fat. Like there's plenty of like weird, no, lanky, very skinny goths. Too. Yeah, yeah just, they just have weird shapes. And they, if they weren't weird, shapes. they wouldn't have to wear spikes and listen to the Misfits and Nine Inch Nails. Like I just, Jack is so much lankier than I imagined. If we were in the middle of the spectrum, we wouldn't have to be sad. I just want you to know. So fine. If we were right in the middle there. I'd play <laughs> uh, basketball. <laughs> Uh, but I like I've seen Jack before. Obviously, I know Jack's face, but I never knew that he was this. I never knew that he was this. Yeah, I I even kind of <laughs> I kind of knew that he was lanky too. But like he's extremely lanky, as extremely lanky as you can get, to the point where I honestly had a part where I was like, "How the fuck did the animators even get that to stand up?" <laughs> Is it's wild. Bananas. Yeah, he's very narrow. He's like fifteen feet tall. 
He's, this is a skeleton. This means this was a man at some point. This was a man at some point. This was a living how, man. How tall the tender lumplings are. Mm. We also don't know if he was a living man. Okay. Who's to well, say whatever. in this world uh, that skeletons were men at some point? He could just have always been a skeleton. Okay, fine. I just don't like. I don't like the way he looks. He just doesn't like. Him. He's going to okay, talk about his fine. skeleton mom and dad. So that's not true. <laughs> it's a fake spoiler in that it is a lie. <laughs> well, the song ends and everyone is celebrating another successful Halloween. Jack takes a second to thank everyone for their effort and in scaring the world, all the tender lumplings of the world. And the mayor thanks Jack for his leadership. Uh, basically is like i am shitty and you actually run this town so thanks (laughs) during the celebration dr wheelchair does confront sally was kind of observing jack from the sidelines and he uh, he comes up and 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 dr wheelchair kind of confronts her for slipping nightshade into his soup or tea or whatever he said i can't even remember tries to bring her home but she doesn't want to go back home he says that she isn't ready for all this excitement and he's kind of pulling on her arm with the pedal to the metal on his fucking dope wheelchair and as he's kind of backing up she's like nope and just like undoes the stitching on her arm near the elbow and it just comes undone and then she runs away it's like a weezer song She's like a Weezer song. Get out. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) What a stupid joke. He pulled the thread. She walked away. It was too perfect not to say, but I still hate it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, so now we see a bunch of horny ladies, including those witches and some other. Oh, my God. Gross, horny Mm -hmm. ladies are all just horned up for Jack. They want his his skeleton D. Yeah, guy's about to get his boner polished. Yeah, so he he escapes these groupies somehow and makes his way home. He seems kind of bummed. He passes like <laughs> like a old timey band that just plays like this solemn music as he walks by, all bummed out. And the guy says, "Nice work, Bone Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> Best line in the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it exactly sure what Ashley says after you know. No, it's nope. not. It isn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I looked up who did that voice, and it was uh, it was Greg Proops, the least funny dude from Whose Lines It Anyway. Greg Proops is funny. I think the least funny dude is that young looking, attractive man that they have on every song. Oh, that's thing. later. I'm talking like the I'm talking like the OG Whose Lines. The OG, anyway. yeah, yeah. I understand. Okay. <laughs> well, cut to Sally, who is now in the cemetery. Jack arrives though, and she quickly hides behind a tombstone to observe him without interacting with him because she's scared of him. This is why goth girls love this movie. True, yeah. Because we're scared of men. Is that why? It's just what a thing I said. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> she hears him perform his next song and is titled Jack's Lament. But before he does start singing, he wakes up his dead ghost Zero, notably Zero. with a big red nose. Interesting. The song bored the hell out of me. Listen, if you can't get behind Jack's sadness, what are you even doing here? This is the whole point. This is the worst song. It's the second worst song of the songs that we saw. No wonder why Disney didn't want to release this as an official movie. What's the first worst song? We'll get to it. The last song? The second to last song. Second to last? That song is trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trash. Trash, trash, trash. Agreed. We'll get there. 100% agree. But he does start singing about how good at scaring people is. He is very full of himself. He knows that he's the best. He's the best of the best. He's the pumpkin king. He's just bored of it. Like, he just doesn't get the same fucking heart on that he used to, scaring little tender lumplings, you know? (laughs) Is this the part where he walks on that foldable 
I don't know what it is thing. Like it's a yeah, tree, the, but it's also like a, a Christmas. The, cin- the cinnamon like roll mountain. Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of Mount Crumpet from The Grinch, which very similar. But then it made me realize that this movie is just The Grinch, where this dude and his dog go to this Christmas place and muck shit up. The only difference oh, yeah. is like he just gives bad gifts instead of stealing them. But it's basically everything else is basically the same. Real original, Tim. But hold on. Like every Christmas movie is basically somebody fucks up Christmas and then they save it the last minute. And Jack's intentions are so good. He wants everybody to be so happy. He doesn't know people don't like fucking shrunken heads and shit. Like it's he thinks that that's like the best gift he's ever given anybody. Yeah, he's like the reverse Grinch. Reverse Grinch, I will accept, yes. When he does go to the Christmas location, which I'm assuming is the, called the North Pole, but I don't know for certain, it looks very much like Whoville as mm-hmm. well. I thought yep. that was like almost spot on, exactly like yeah. the Grinch. I thought of it immediately. But he is singing his song about how bored and tired he is of scaring people because he doesn't just get the same fulfillment that he used to out of it. You know, he's on his fancy swirly mountain and... Sally's just kind of bummed out for him. He kind of like continues to sing as he walks away. She picks some more nightshade and heads home because she's got to poison Dr. Wheelies again. She does get get home, though, and he comes and is like, oh, you've returned. And then she he sews her arm back on, which is nice of him, I guess, yeah. for the fact that she keeps trying to poison him and running away. Well, like maybe don't keep a woman captive in your tower is a thought. But yeah. Yeah. Here's a question that I just thought of now. Why doesn't she have to get her body parts sewed on later? Like her legs and hands and shit. What? <laughs> later in the movie, we see her take off her body parts, but she doesn't have to get those sewn back on. Oh, Correct. she You're can right. sew herself together. Well, then what the so hell is this doctor doing? Why does she let Dr. Well, he's just Finkel showing some tender, lumpling kindness. I don't know. He's, she's okay. just, he's just being nice. She feels bad like for poisoning him or whatever, maybe? So she just wants to let him get his heart on by sewing her, her arm back on? Maybe she's trying to like get back in his good graces because she knows he's pissed off. Okay. Maybe. But it's like, maybe she has Stockholm Syndrome. I'm not really sure. I just think everyone in Halloween Town is fucking horned up. Especially the children. <laughs> yeah, those tender lumplings. Gotta watch out for them. All right. Well, it is the next morning and the mayor has arrived at Jack's house and is trying to start planning Halloween for next year because this is all these people do. So they're getting started early, getting everything prepped. Don't even get a week of vacation. Mayor, get out of here. But Jack's nowhere to be found. Even the dudes that were just kind of chilling there playing music the night before are still there. And we're like, no, he never came home. I don't know. So where's Jack? But we do cut to Jack, who is still walking through the woods at this point, and he stumbles upon the circle of trees that we saw in the intro. And this is kind of the scene that we talked about where he finds this circle with all the holidays on it. And it's like, oh, well, this is new. I've never seen this before. And looks at the Christmas tree one and is like blown away by it. So excited. He's pumped. He opens it and is thinking about going in and he kind of looks into it and then he decides like, no, this is a bad idea. And as he turns away, Christmas sucks him into its hole. As it does. It's really beautiful, actually. It's dark, gaping hole sucks Jack right in. I kind of wish, because this movie would be so different if he went into a different tree. Like if it was just like he went into the turkey door, like Nightmare Before Thanksgiving, (laughs) just be a whole different movie. I could see them trying to remake this and making it a Netflix show or a Disney Plus show at this point, probably. Literally, it's just like an eight episode run where he like tries every different holiday and fucks it up every time. Yeah. 
so he's falling through this wintry butthole and he arrives in a snow-covered Christmassy wonderland that looks a whole lot like Whoville. There's bright lights and presents and elves. So he begins with his next song, obviously, which is, what's this? What's this? And he just sings about how exciting it is to see a bunch of new shit that he's never seen. It is hands down the best song in the movie. Do you think from what you heard? Well, we only saw a small portion of it, but it's pretty good. Tie between that and This is Halloween. All right. I agree. Those are it's far a and away the, the only two good songs. I mean, no, that's fair, though. They're good. But he's excitedly singing. All the new things he's observing is all very exciting. He ends up using a snowman as a disguise and walking around in it and to hide himself from the elves. And our 15 minutes ends with him singing. There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They are busy building toys, and absolutely no one is dead. Nothing's dead. So that's where our 15 minutes ended. Our 15 minutes picked up at 56 minutes and 50 seconds, under an hour. So this is a this is a shorter movie. Mm-hmm. You try lining up a bunch of little clay figurines for fucking <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> it's true. So the mayor and a bunch of these Halloween fucks are sitting around a cauldron ish thing where they're getting a live feed of Jack who is dressed up like Sandy Claus and riding on a sleigh through the sky. Mm -hmm. We switch to his POV, third party POV of him, and he's sneaking into houses a la the Grinch, but leaving V bad gifts instead of stealing gifts. Uh, He leaves a killer wreath, an anaconda, a teeth gnashing duck, and a cannibalistic vampire doll. Michael, can I ask for a Halloween present from you? Yes, what do you want? Can you just please fucking stop shortening Vary to V? I hate it so much. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's my favorite thing. It's all I'm going to do now. Gross. No, but seriously, all of the claymation here is cool. Like, it's just cool. I mean, it's cool throughout the movie, but it it was especially cool here with the gifts. Yeah, it's just insane, like, in the world when you're shooting a shot like that. Like, you could just find a random room and just, like, boom, done. But the amount of effort that it would have taken to just make one of these, like, throwaway little scenes a little quick hit. And, like, it's only a second that we see, but that probably took a lot of time is pretty outrageous. Yeah. As a former goth girl which i might have mentioned i have watched a lot of like making of the nightmare before christmas stuff because that's mm-hmm. what you do when you've watched the nightmare Be- before christmas too much and you need to watch something new um but it's really interesting so um definitely yeah. recommend any of that um movies that made us uh has a great nightmare before christmas episode so jack is he's dropping shit like dead possums down chimneys mm-hmm. we see a kid as fat as a globe being chased by a jack-in-the-box and dagnabbit the adults have had enough Yep. They block their fireplaces, lock the doors, and start snitching like the white folk they are. Call the police. Santa Claus is all fucked up. Yep. <laughs> Y'all see a leprechaun? Uh, Sally is now <laughs> part of the cauldron watching crew. And after she hears that the military is going to try to blow Jack out of the sky, she heads off to presumably try to save him somehow. Like, I don't know what her plan was. I mean, how is she going to s- stop the military from shooting cannons at him? It's crazy that they knew what 2022 would be like in 1993. (laughs) Like, Santa Claus is doing a bad job giving gifts. Kill him! Quick! (laughs) Fuck that guy! Yeah. They they jumped quickly to let's blow him out of the sky. Yeah. No trial, no nothing. It's like, he gave my tender lumpling a bad present, and he's got to (laughs) die. Yeah. And the military, indeed, right after, is all like, so anyway, I started blasting, and he has (laughs) to... He just has to fly higher to avoid getting shot, which he does for a little while. But we cut to a lair somewhere. The real Santa is being hung out to dry by this 
burlap sack bitch Oogie Boogie. Love Oogie Boogie. What a good villain. But deep down, Oogie just wants to fuck. So when Sally's yep. leg shows up, he slicks back his eyebrows with some spit. That's what you do. And he starts <laughs> jerking it to her lower appendage like he's goddamn Laris Strong. <laughs> it's a House of the Dragon. <gasps> oh, the new, that new it. shit, huh? Yep. <laughs> wow. While he's tickling her foot, her unattached hands free Santa, but before Santa can climb his large cookie-eaten ass out of there, Oogie realizes he's being tricked and yells, but his yell is an inhale, and it sucks Santa and Sally to the ground. That's like quite a power to have. I'm telling you. It's like that Tenacious D song. Inward singing. He's always fucking singing. And I'm never fucking singing. And I'm always fucking singing. And I'm never fucking stopping. And I'm always fucking singing. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm like a fucking woman pin. That's what Oogie Boogie is. I don't know how he does it, but it would make sense that Oogie Boogie is just really Jack Black, actually. So yeah, no, he's Kyle Gass. Definitely Kyle Gass. I assume that Kyle Gass is also just a potato sack full of bugs. Kyle gets that fat little child running down the hallway crying about the presents. <laughs> yep. So so we're back to Jack for a moment here. And Jack just gets leveled out of the sky. And he falls like a thousand yards to his death. I mean, like, I get it. He's already dead since he's a skeleton. Mm-hmm. But if he's truly dead, then he can't die again. So good logic, Michael. <laughs> but Solid. at the same note, then, then why the hell are there so many gravestones in this in this town? Because not everybody's a skeleton, Michael. The mayor is a real life flesh man. With is two he? faces. He also oh, has that alive. weird head that spins Well, I mean, maybe his head's not flush, but his body looks like it. It also kind of makes a weird noise. Cranks and gears are moving around. I think he's just a robot. So basically, though, Jack can't die again. Interestingly, it almost seems like he is dead until Zero brings his jaw and connects it. And then he kind of comes back to life, which almost yeah. makes you think like his skull needs to be attacked or he's done. Done so. But who knows? Jack is laying on a stone angel's open book in, fittingly, a cemetery. Angels can read, Michael. <laughs> Probably Outlander. It's angelist, Michael. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Suit tattered and flaming pieces of sleigh and toys strewn about. He breaks into probably the worst song of the bunch. It's just a moody stinker that sounds like an Evanescence B-side without a cool, like, wake me up part. It's just bad. It's so bad. Yeah, That bad. actually reminds me of something didn't you use that song as an identifier for if someone would enjoy Umbrella Academy? Yep. The first season when we talked about that, I originally said that you were three for three in your your listings. And it was because you said that you listened to Evanescence unironically and sing the wake me up part. But I don't do that. I sing the high part like a girl. <laughs> so you were wrong. Okay. Is what, what I would like to say. And I'm realizing now that I don't feel like a winner. <laughs> like I should. <laughs> yeah, but the song's bad. And mid song, Jack rips off his Santa suit and he's happy to be the pumpkin king again. Getting shot to death by a cannon does that to a guy. Mm-hmm. And he heads back to Halloween Town via tomb doors. So there's another entrance to Halloween Town. They're just everywhere. I mean, they're just magic. They can just yeah. willy nilly get around when they need Every to. Every door is the- magic. Every yeah, because they're the no, well, no, not the, not the door, like the people. Oh, like Santa Claus returns to fucking Christmas land through a fucking vent in the ceiling. And spoiler, what's his <laughs> face is a, a Kyle Gass's 
underground lair. Anyway, he does do the nose thing though. Jack doesn't. Yeah. Jack doesn't have like a facial tick to yeah. to get him where he needs to be. Maybe he's just clenching his asshole and we can't see it. Yep. So we see Oogie has now attached Santa and Sally to one of those boards over a pit of lava that you can crank up and turn vertical because he's a damn Ku Klux Klan looking Bond villain. (laughs) He is into gambling, man after my own heart, and he decides how many cranks to make of the rack by throwing dice. But thanks to Jack's long ass legs, he can run fast and happens upon Sally screams on his jaunt. He somehow miraculously out of our vision, saves Sally and Santa as they're about to slide into the lava and confronts Oogie. Oogie says, come on, bone man, which is what Ashley says. I'm just kidding. Never. (laughs) He hits a button to make the platform they're standing start to spin. And these cool giant playing cards with knives start trying to slice and dice Jack. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work, though. So Oogie hits some more buttons that unleash these skeleton things shooting at Jack and an enormous saw blade. No such luck, though. Jack manages to grab a loose string on Oogie and pulls off his whole potato sack, leaving a big old pile of bugs, just like a Weezer song and just like Sir Reginald Hargreaves in Umbrella Academy. And just like Kyle Gass, if we've already previously discussed. Yep. The bugs all fall into the lava and Oogie can boogie no longer. Jack apologizes to Santa. Santa's like, fuck your apology. Use a ho, ho, ho. And he nopes the hell out of there to go fix christmas wow that was a that was a sentence which he does hooray he does. Yep. christmas sally and jack are about to probably bump uglies while zero watches but the mayor and crew show up and pull them out of there if you don't think Zero's joining in you're sadly mistaken <laughs> Zero's the main player santa indeed does fix christmas and back in town we get a reprise of both this is halloween and what's this as the town cheers jack being back and also freaking out about the snow at the same time which is weird because it's definitely snowed on Halloween in real life. 2011, I dressed up as Ashley in a skirt and I had to walk through the ghetto at midnight to go get my car. I got icicles on my twat. You cannot tell me that it didn't snow. I was there. You were in Halloween Icicles town? on your twat. That's sung to the tune of Are You Gonna Go My Way by Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> icicles on my twat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> what a weird, weird <laughs> <reference>. <laughs> All right, I have to go. No, uh, I'm kidding. That's uh, awful. Yeah. Oh man, that was man. Oh man, all the songs Montoya, you could have you pulled hear, there. That was hear, yeah. that was outrageous. But anyway, <laughs> Sally sneaks off to that iconic hill shit in front of the moon and starts plucking petals of a rotten-looking flower. But then Jack shows up and serenades her, talking about how he wants to deflower her, and they make out in the moonlight like some high school emos while Zero again watches and fade to black with a little little sparkly star thing. And that's the end of the movie. It's really beautiful and terrible all at once. This movie looks really cool, but the plot? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about the plot, but but it, it was really scary. hard to come up with questions. I'll tell you honestly, I was surprised at how little substance this movie has. Mm. There's really nothing to it that you couldn't very easily guess based on the first few the last fifteen. Well, we will see about that. But before we do, we definitely need to take a break with a center commercial. Mm. Today's episode is brought to you by the Tea and Gemstones podcast. 
You heard us shining the light on her awesome podcast about precious metals and gemstones a few episodes ago, and we are back again on one knee proposing that you go give it a listen. Wow, it's getting sparkly in here again, Michael. Join Jen bi-weekly on Tuesdays as she gives listeners the dirt on gold, diamonds, rubies, jewelry, the history, the practices, the science, all the things. And we're extra excited to cue you in on her upcoming two-part series on controversial jewelry, airing November 22nd and December 6th. I seriously can't wait for these episodes. She sent me some of the topics, and listen to this. Jewelry made from breast milk? Hooked. That stuff is far more valuable than diamonds. Screw you, Zales. I would definitely rock a colostrum necklace. Say less. She's going to be talking about grills? As an ex-rapper that never contemplated getting a grill, I still want to hear about it. What is the obsession? Does bread get stuck in them? Can I eat taffy? I don't know if she answers that, but I'm sure if you send her an email after listening to the episode, she'll do her research because that's how awesome she is. And there's a bunch of other stuff like Blackamore jewelry, amber teething necklaces, and even a company that is creating jewelry from broken glass from Black Lives Matter protests. I won't even be mad if you skip our podcast those weeks to check these out. So head to the show notes, click the link, and go check out Tea and Gemstones wherever you find podcasts. And tell Jen, Michael, and Dave sent you. Michael, now that we are just so very shiny and blinged out, gross, I'm so white. <laughs> what can our listeners do? Well, they can send us an email at thecentercutcast at gmail.com or send us an audio message at podinbox.com slash thecentercut. Speaking of audio messages, we're going to be having our third annual Golden Gorilla Penises coming up here in a few weeks. And we would love you to submit a category for us so that we can help decide the best of for this season. Whatever category you want to do, we want to hear it. So send it to us. Yes, please. And as always, hit up our social medias. Instagram, TikTok. You know them by now. At the underscore center underscore cut. But if you didn't, Michael just told you. Sure did. That's it. Thank you. Oh, I got my... All right, Cindy. You have the honors of asking us eight questions about the middle, and me and David are going to battle each other to see who knows about the movie that we didn't see better. All right, good. Um, neither of you will win. I will be the winner at the end. Okay. So yeah, so let's just dive in here. We know Dr. Finkelstein. He is a psycho who is keeping Sally locked in his home for one reason or another. Yeah. Oh, is she his property? Reason. We'll get into it later. It's political. I don't know. <laughs> but so the question though is right. She's constantly needing to escape. Two of my questions are about escaping. The first one is this. How does Sally trick the doctor into thinking the soup is safe? And uh, that is drugged soup that uh, is assuredly not safe. So I'm guessing the drugs put him to sleep or something along those lines. The deadly nightshade. Yes, the deadly nightshade. I think she tricks him by she eats some of it first to show him that it's yummy for the tummy. But and it's a big butt, we know that she can take her body apart. So I think that she actually takes her stomach out. So when she eats the soup, it just like slides right out of her asshole without affecting her. Like an inner cavity is like a damn ice luge. So just to clarify, you think that this children's movie has a um, uh, a 3D uh, claymation yeah. uh, stitched asshole? No, no, <laughs> we don't see the asshole. I'm saying she takes oh. out her stomach. And the soup just flies out of her like a wet rocket just coming yeah, out. Just kind of kind of imagine the asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. It comes up behind her. So he's an asshole see. in your mind. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Dave, how about can you um please? Yeah, stop I love that? how you think that in this hour and like five scant minute movie 
that they went into this like two to three minute explanation of how she how she gets away with poisoning the soup. No, I don't, I don't think it's an explanation. I think she literally just takes her stomach out. She she eats the soup. We see from the behind it's spilling out of her, but he doesn't see that. He just thinks he really she really eats it. It's like fucking 10 seconds. I still think it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's something like stupid, like she put something in it that she that he loves so like he's so excited about that that he doesn't think about whether or not it's poisoned it's like you know i can't say no to oregano (laughs) (laughs) i don't know who to give this point to so i'm going to tell you the answer and then you can fight it out because you're both so close yet so far Mm. so she does put something in it that he's very excited about frog something Something penis. disgusting. Yeah. Frog penis. Frog penis. <laughs> yes. Thank yep. you. And then he says, he's very excited. He's about to eat it. And then he says, you know what? Fuck you. You eat it. Mm. And then she says, okay, I will. Oh, I dropped your spoon. Hold on. Let me pick it up for you. And then picks up from her sock a spoon with holes in it. Oh, my God. Mm. And then she wow. pretends to sip it, but it falls through the spoon with the holes. We do not see her asshole. I'm sorry, Michael. <laughs> um, and then from there, another plot hole, if you will, is that he doesn't have a spoon. He just picks the bowl up and drinks it like a fucking beverage. So that's mm. aggravating because what if he wanted a spoon the whole time? And then yeah. he has the whole spoon. <sighs> Thank goodness that didn't happen. So you fight over it. Ready? Go. I'm feeling like we each get a half a point. I could I could see that. Yeah. I mean, we both kind of got... Close, but yeah, he makes her drink it, and it does have something he's excited about in it. So you both had like a part of it, right? Okay, all right, all right, half and half. All right, so later Sally's trying to escape again because like she doesn't ever fucking get out of there. This time he knows now that the soup is not on the table. So how did she get out the second time? How does she escape the locked tower? I think that she picks the lock using a pin that he left in the stitched or the the stitching when he stitched her arm back on. He left the pin attached and she takes it off and uses it to pick the lock. I hope my surprise doesn't clearly tell you that you're wrong. Oh, okay. Good guess, I, though. I was going to say, I didn't I didn't hate that answer. I think it's sort of like a Rapunzel type situation where she mm-hmm. climbs down from the tower out the window with metal bars on it. But since her hair is only normal length, thank God she doesn't have bangs, P.S. But mm. she takes off. Only terrible people have bangs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She takes off all of her body parts and makes a giant like rope with them. Like she takes off her hair and holds that down one arm. And then she takes the other arm to hang down from the other end of the hair. Then her two legs are next. That's like, but between all that so far, that's already like 15 to 18 feet right there. And I'm sure she has some other body parts to get another that's few feet. That's an exaggeration. So, do you distance, have an I'm not done. approximate measurement of the tower height? I would say the tower is probably 25 to 30 feet. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. She doesn't get all the way down, but so you think that the, the the scary tower that she's in is like two stories? 30 feet is like three stories. Anyway, so Maybe. the last party part is like kind of far from the ground, but she just does like a little hop down to the ground and then she catches all the other body parts as they fall down. You, you're making sense of what I'm saying though, right? Yes. Okay. Do I win now or, or do we have no. a terrible answer? In fact, I in the past have previously wondered why uh, she didn't take Michael's path. Right. But instead, she just yeets herself out that fucking window, bitches. She just throws herself <laughs> right down to the ground, defenestrates the shit out of herself, falls apart into a million pieces, 
and just smiles the whole time. She loves it. Okay. Her arms fall off. Her legs fall off. She's just like a helpless torso. My answer would have been so much safer for her, and she could have done it. Let's call her. Uh, I don't tell think her. she needs to be safe. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, basically indestructible. So. so do I get a quarter of a point there? I'm going to let Dave decide, and I'm going to guess he's going to say no. A quarter okay. point? Come on. Yeah. Okay. Is that Five. quarter point really going to help you? Let's put it on the back burner. Hang on to I it. Mean, Let's see what happens. No, we're okay. not hanging out of the we quarter point. We need it as a tiebreaker. We'll discuss it. <laughs> okay. If it's a tiebreak, if we are tied at the end, I feel like I should win. If we're tied at the end, then I will entertain the idea. Okay. All right. Uh, so Jack, in his obsession with Christmas, he feels like he needs to really understand it, right? He needs to like live it and know it and do science with it. So he conducts a bunch of science experiments on a lot of different Christmas items, if you will. Uh, so I am asking you each to name one. What is one Christmas item that you think Jack does some experimenting on? I'm going to go with a candy cane. I think he dips it in some kind of poison goo, and, and then it just zooms in on him licking it very slowly with his bony tongue. And it okay, defies disgusting. logic because there, there's no bones in your tongue. But it's a claymation film for goth kids. Man, so you want to make this possible. movie R-rated so bad. I hate everything <laughs> you said. He wants it to be but, R-rated so bad. But okay. Okay. I think there is a scene with a snow globe where he's like shaking it fucking uncontrollably trying to like understand it and then eventually ends up smashing it to be able to look at the inside to to try and figure it out okay all right i hate to have to say this but michael gets a point here yeah. because i only asked for the item and not what he does with it he does not yeah. lick it with his gross skeleton tongue thank fuck but what he does he actually does dip it in a weird solution so i don't know how you even know that yeah. but then he takes well, it out what with else are you gonna do with a candy cane what else are you gonna do with a candy cane takes out with some little tongies and it's a little like all floppy and sad so uh yeah michael oh. gets the point there i'm so Loving sorry it. dave so in reality like what he does is kind of a metaphor for what i was saying like he takes in this hard thing and it makes it very flaccid after like that's exactly what everyone watching this movie when he licks the yeah, i hate so, you so right. much uh just to make you aware in case you're interested a uh, cranberry christmas tree ornament and teddy bear were your other options, cranberries so. aren't Christmas items. Yeah, you make cranberry and popcorn strings to put uh, on your yeah. tree. Come on, David, that's like a Mexican tradition. Mexican? I don't know. I just made that part up. <laughs> Did you say if you're Mexican at the end of that? No, I said it's a Mexican tradition. But oh, it's uh, well, I'm so basically my cranberries come from Massachusetts. So okay. all right, well, it's one and a half to half, David. One and a half to yeah. half. Okay, all right. That quarter point. This is uh, this question right here. <laughs> So as he's doing these experiments, he's singing as he does. He's dancing around like a crazy person and he knocks something over while he's singing. What do you think it was? I'm going to say a, uh, a giant stack of wrapped presents. Okay. All right. I know that you're wrong because, well, I don't know, but I think that he's singing in Halloween town. I don't think he's in the Christmas town. I think he's in the Halloween town when he does this. And I think that he knocks over a headstone and then it knocks over a bunch of headstones, just like dominoes. It's like the typical cliche cartoon thing to do where there's some other thing that's not a domino becoming a domino. I'm feeling very confident <laughs> with this answer. It is headstone dominoes. I'm so glad to tell you that you are both wrong. Damn it. Ironically, it is a, a Christmas filled room in Halloween Town, oh, but okay. the item that Jack knocks over is just a a, car, a tower of cards, just playing cards in a tower. What the hell? I know. Who cares? No one. Sorry. What the hell? <sighs> I like to set you up for failure. That's why we're friends. Thank you. 
Appreciate that. Of course. All right. So Jack, in his infinite wisdom, decides that Halloween Town is going to throw Christmas. He calls a town meeting. Everyone comes. The vampires, That's the fucking horny witches. That's not mm-hmm. what she said. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee it. Everyone is there. It's a, a fair to remember. Uh, but Jack is explaining to them Christmas tradition, Christmas trees, presents, blah, blah, blah. At one point, he mentions stockings. He says, you take these socks, you hang them up on the wall. It's great. We put presents in there. What do the townspeople want to put in the stocking? Jizz. Hmm. Nailed it. That's probably Michael's answer. No, I, I think they simply want to put blood in them. And Jack has to be like, dude, dudettes, it would just sop right through. Stockings are just giant festive socks, you fucking fools. You can't put blood in them. Can't put blood in socks. It's a good lesson. <laughs> mm, you learn things David? here in the center. Worms. I have no other explanation Ooh. except it just came to my brain. It's a good answer. But I'm sorry you're both wrong again. The answer is feet. They want to put feet in the socks. Oh, like, who like severed feet. Severed. Yeah, oh, cut off feet. They don't want to wear them. They want to cut people's feet off, put them in there. Happy Christmas. I should have thought of that. Yeah, I should have thought That's of that. A good I answer. really thought it was obvious, good and answer. I'm glad neither of you got it. Makes in retrospect. In retrospect. That was the most better. obvious question I asked. All right. This is also a super weird one, because as I mentioned, this movie has absolutely nothing happening in the middle. Sally plucking some petals off another flower, because this is her favorite pastime. Something happens to the flower that makes her realize that bringing Christmas to Halloween Town is a bad idea. What happens? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I think that she brings a flower back from Christmas Land. I think Mm -hmm. that she kind of followed Jack there and found him there. Brings a petal back from Christmas Land, but now it's in Halloween Town and she is picking the petals off, but like as she picks them off and they fall to the ground, they are like shriveling and dying basically immediately and she's realizing that like the two things kind of can't coexist. Hey, all right. Michael, what about you? I'm not I'm not too far off of you, David. I I think similarly that it is a flower from Christmas town. And I think it just starts to get like, it starts to get cold because of the snow in the winter. And, and so when she's plucking the petals, they're basically like frozen and they, they snap in half instead of, instead of her being able to pull them all the way off. And she's like, what the hell? This is literally the only thing I do for fun. So Christmas sucks. She's pretty selfish. Actually. That's Ellie. <laughs> she sucks actually. Yeah. So it's yeah. fair. She's trash. It's fine. <laughs> no, though. I'm sorry. The flower was from Halloween town and I <sighs> am a game show announcer. <laughs> <laughs> No. So she uh, has the flower in Halloween town. She's he loves me. He loves me nodding Jack as she does. Naturally. And the flower immediately turns into a tiny Christmas tree, which is adorable, and then catches on fire in her hand. So it's like a real crisis. <laughs> she drops hell? it. It's bad. What in the fuck? Wow. Yeah. It's a true premonition. So she picks off a petal. Mm, several petals. All the petals. Okay. So is this like as soon as the last petal gets picked off? It turns into a Christmas tree? Yeah, so it turns into like a beautiful Christmas tree that's lit up and decorated. And she's like momentarily like in awe. She thinks it's gorgeous. It's spinning. She's so happy. And then just fucking flames. And it's on fire and it's just a disaster. Mm. And then she knows. She knows she's on shrooms? Yeah, she knows (sighs) she has the the tables have been turned and the doctor has drugged her. So one and a half to a half with uh, two questions to go. Running out of runway, David. I'm going to blow you out of the sky. So at the town meeting, Jack decides that everyone's going to have a task. Everyone has a job. Everyone has something important to do. And Dr. Finkelstein, 
roly pants is most important here. What does Jack ask Dr. Finkelstein to make for him? A suit that makes me look like my belly is a bowl full of jelly. And and then he remembers that he's thinner than Dave's frail penis. So he's like, just make me a suit that looks like I ate lunch, Doc. Thinner than my frail penis, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. similar sized penises, Michael. We've talked about <laughs> You don't know. So don't every know time me. you make fun you of my know penis, me. you make fun of your penis. You don't know me, but I think it's a suit. He wants him to make him a suit that will make him look like Sandy Claus because he's good at sewing things. Sewing? Not a bad idea. That made me think of either the sack for the toys, but I think it's the sleigh. I think he asks him to build the sleigh. All right. Uh, Both great answers. Again, both wrong. Um, Although Dave is closer on this one, I might consider giving him a portion of a point, but Michael, I leave it to you. He asks Dr. Finkelstein to make him the reindeer, the bone reindeer, mm. because oh. he's a crazy scientist who makes terrifying things. He can have a quarter of a no, point if I can fine. have my quarter of a point from earlier. No, uh, no, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Okay. Then it's one and a half to a half with one question left. <laughs> All right. Well, then Michael wins because good luck with this one. Lock, shock, and barrel. First things first, do you even know who they are? No, we do not. Or at least I don't. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to tell you before we answer the question no i don't you don't don't want to know at all all right well then i'll give you all of it when it comes time but how do lock what she said shock no she didn't and barrel get around before we answer before we answer this is only semi-related but do either of you know the the i get around youtube video where it's just the beach boys but they're like way off beat it's called like beach boys shred or something (laughs) oh it's hilarious i'm gonna post it in the show notes if you're interested beach boys i get around okay Thank you. Go on. Go for it. Thank you for that. I think they get around in something extra creepy. So diabolical that children need to close their eyes when it comes on screen. Even adults have nightmares after seeing lock, shock, and barrel on their unicycle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like you get a point uh, just for that, uh, even though you're <laughs> just so wrong. But it was why, worth that was it. Funny. That was uh, that was very very great, David. That was you get great. a point in my heart for that. <laughs> my answer is going to be hearse. They drive around in a hearse because that just makes too much sense. And I think uh, this was harder than I thought this was going to be because we got like no points. But that's yeah, my answer. Hearse, hearse, hearse. I baby. really thought that I was throwing you. Uh, Softball, softballs here. Meatball. I wasn't. So lock, shock, and barrel. Let's start with who they are because that's helpful. Three small, terrifying children uh, Mm. that are weird orphans who belong to Oogie Boogie. uh, Doesn't change my answer. No parents because he's just bugs now. Oh, so is he like their legal guardian or has he... Uh, it's, like abducted these children. The legality of it is not really discussed in the film, unfortunately. <laughs> but well, okay. um, there's some disgust. They're, they're just he, his. There's what, disgust. What are they called? They're called as. They're just his tender lumplings. I guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. But so they are the ones who kidnap uh, Sandy Claus for Jack. Ah. They are also the reason we see the Easter Bunny because before they get Sandy Claus, they kidnap the Easter Bunny by accident. Yes. But their method of transportation of fucking weird bathtub with feet that walks around <laughs> so what? i don't wow. know why you didn't get that you you're giving pretty us a clear on that one, huh? yeah maybe not that one that was a good closer oh, this meant to be right a closer. over the plate yeah it's a, it's a good <laughs> if you're question not thinking about bathtubs as transportation what are you even doing yeah it's true speaking of bathtubs after that victory i'm feeling wet 
wet. No, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be drained. Um, no, that is uh, Ooh, no, 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 absolutely no, not. No. I love a good win, especially when it's a one and a half to to a half a point. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. I really feel that like I've done rough. my job here by yeah. bringing you uh, questions that are absolute nonsense. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Very, very mm-hmm. difficult. Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. While I'm disappointed that you no longer listen to the show because you're a bad role model for everybody listening right now, but we wanted to close out our last movie of the third season of the center cut with a friendly face. And boy, do you have a face? It's uh, <laughs> a face to be sure. It's a fat goth face. No, it's not. And it's Shut yours. Up. No. Oh, I like that. Oh. <laughs> no, but thank you very, 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 very much. Thank you V much for taking the time and give our listeners one final reminder of what they should do. If they enjoyed hearing you talk today, just, uh, you know, be a nice person, live a good life. <laughs> I know that's not what you're asking, I but really, it. I don't want to plug myself. Vote blue. Yeah, we'll do that. Vote blue, actually, yes. Um, <laughs> but no, continue to listen to these good friends of mine. I don't do it, so someone has to. I have major ADHD, and listening to a podcast is V difficult for me. So uh, I'll get back on the train one day and, and hear myself on the show in 12 or 14 years. And I really look forward to mm-hmm. it. So thank you for having yeah. me. Not plugging any of my shops or anything. No one gives a shit. If people want my used goods, they'll find them. <laughs> At the beginning of the episode, so yeah. Oh yeah, I did do it there. So we don't need to do it again. They could rewind if they really want, like a used J Crew sweater. Yeah, we love you, Cindy. Love you guys. Mm, love you, bye. Oh, David, Cindy's just the best. <laughs> Why do you always sigh like that? A weight's been lifted now that that person's not here anymore. No, it's not a sigh. It's a pleasure groan. It's a, a pleasure, pleasure groan, groan. David. I understand. So it should be more. I guess. Nope, that sounds like you're pooping. Which I guess could be a pleasure groan. I mean, that is 100% a pleasure groan. Anyone you ask will tell you. Anyway, that is certainly a movie, and I think that we should score it. So time for center counts. Time for center counts. Time for center counts. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna edit that. No, please. I love it just the way it was. Please, please leave it just like that. Oh, it is time for center counts. I'm going to give this a four out of seven. The premise is weird. Yep. The king of Halloween who, why does Halloween have a king? Like, there's a whole thing about Santa delivering presents. Like, that's a whole thing that, like, children believe. I still believe on Christmas. But whoever heard of like a, a scary guy who goes around on Halloween purposefully scaring people like that? That's not a thing. So why, first, why does Jack even exist? And secondly, why? Why is why? Why Christmas? Why him? Why Christmas? I don't I don't know. The premise is odd and I don't love it. The only reason I gave this higher is because those two songs are good. The two that we talked about. Yeah, they're bops. They're bops. Yeah, I like them a lot. And just the artistry of the of the stop motion and everything is just really cool to me. So like I do like that part of it, the way kind of just the style feels so different than a normal movie. But yeah, just like the plot in general, not a fan. Yeah, I'm with you, David. I, I also gave this a four out of seven. And you know, I can see the threads that make this a cult hit amongst non-normies. I can. I just also think it's a bit overrated. I can think both things. Yeah, I mean, the other songs that weren't This is Halloween and What's This are, are boring. And the plot was just a retread of The Grinch. But it looked so cool. And Cindy mentioned it, but like, I can only imagine seeing this in early 90s and just being blown away. 
Like, it looks yeah. cool now. What about 30 years ago? But man, I can't get over how fucking lanky Jack Skellington is. It makes me <laughs> uncomfortable, and I want it to stop. I mean, the whole point is to make him uncom- make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Even when he's singing songs that are meant to make you kind of like him, he still has that mean look about him. Like, I know neither of us like the song that he sang in the Angels book or whatever, but throughout that song, it's meant to be like, oh, well, he's like, he's figuring things out, and he's like, a, he's a nice guy. He just wanted to make things better for people. But he also like makes these faces that are fucking scary. Like he makes yeah. scary faces. It just is very confusing. Agreed. But that is enough of the nightmare before Christmas for the moment. David, what do we have coming down the pike? Well, first, we're going to do a center chat. And this one might get a little controversial. <laughs> Christmas versus Halloween. That's it. Better holiday, babies. Which is better. Yeah, I think... I think I know where we're we're both going to stand, but we'll see. We'll see. Christmas v. Halloween. Interested. Very interested. It'll be an interesting conversation. What's up after that, though? After that, we're going to be covering, real quick turnaround here, season two of Ted Lasso. We really enjoyed watching that and covering it. We had a lot of new people listening who really enjoyed the the show. So we're going to just jump right on and do season two. Yeah. And... It will be the final main episode of season three. We'll have the center shot after and then our golden gorilla penises. And that's it for season three, babies. Three seasons. Three years down. Wow. Yeah. So that's coming up. Ted Lasso season two. Get pumped. Going to be very good. Pumped like icicles on my toit. Well, nice work, Bone Daddy. Like the space between all your flesh and muscles where we're all a little Jack Skellington. It's always better in the center. Happy Halloween!